0: I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting.
1: We've got a special treat for you today. We've got an interview with Jennifer Hansen. We've got some uh, selected clips from a webinar she did with Songtown that I think you'll really enjoy and learn from. But first of all, I want to play you a beautiful song that Songtown member Elizabeth Usher wrote called Room at the Table. ¶¶
2: let me tell you about the beach house filled with
0: love Where there was always more than enough to go around Where everyone was welcome to just turn up And Mary always had a hug
2: The kitchen that never closed
1: But there was always something That that was Room at the Table, written by Australian Songtown member Elizabeth Usher, and she wrote that with Emily Anderson, who is also the artist featured there. I love that song of inclusion. I think that's such a beautiful message. All right, we're gonna jump into some of the clips with Jennifer. I had asked her about how she knows when a song is finished and how she knows to keep on working on a song because she's one of the people I write with that's the very best at that. So here's what she had to say. You're one of the people Uh, that i that i write with that is the very best at just keeping on until a song is right you know i don't i can't count the times you've called me and said this line's just not right you know we we gotta we need to work on this a little more can we get back together talk a little bit about your songwriting process and maybe what's kind of what's what are the things you look for that make you know a song's right or it's not right yet
2: you know, Marty, that's that's such a great question. All I know is that a song will just not leave me alone until I feel like it's right. You know, um, and I'll just I'll work on things in my mind or you know in my spare time, constantly until I just know it's right. Like it just feels like it's right. I don't know how else to explain it. Um, but a song will just not leave me alone. It's a weird thing. It'll wake me up in the middle of the night, first thing in the morning. I mean, it's just like, you know, um, especially lyrics in, in particular. And I find now, uh, especially during this year of COVID, I've been doing so much writing on my own because I've had to. Um, it's been really great. But um, but yeah, songs, I just find it's a, it's like an instinct. It's just something where I just go, okay, we're done, you know, and I and I can be at peace with it. And there are songs sometimes which I feel like they're never done, you know. It's a weird thing. And I, I guess everybody's process is different, but um, maybe I'm just a little kooky. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you're cooking in a good way, if that's the case. <laughs> Do you think it's partly because you are a really great singer that it has to feel right as you sing it?
2: Well, um, thank you for that. I don't know how great of a singer I am, but I, I, I do think there is there is a sensibility of lyric and melody, the marriage of that feeling right when it, when it, when you're, when you're singing it. And so yeah, I would, I would think there's definitely something to that.
1: Well that's one of the questions we get most often in songtown. It's like, how do I know when a song is finished? So I hope she said some things there that might help you. Um, The next conversation was about writing for different genres, because Jennifer has succeeded with uh, pop music, country music, Um, she's had tons of placements in sync, like uh, she's had Target commercials, I believe Coors Light commercial, a bunch of things in movies, even a Disney movie recently, so uh, here's what Jennifer had to say about writing for different genres. You know, you've had cuts in a lot of different genres. What do you think allows a songwriter to be successful in different genres like that when so many people kind of just focus on one thing? What do you think has allowed you to be successful in different genres?
2: Well, I think that musically, my taste and um, and my upbringing musically, I was I I was I love pop music. I love rock music. and. And country music was something I was introduced to early because of of my dad, and and so, you know, having being multi-genre like that, and having a love for Emmylou Harris and Cheryl Crow and Bonnie Raitt and Sean Colvin and Kim Ritchie, and you know, it was kind of a hodgepodge of of um, of genres. Um, I I think that's probably had something to do with it. But I do now, I find, I get really inspired by listening to, to music in other genres that I don't necessarily write in. And it's been, that's another thing I've done this year more than anything is I've taken the time, just go and discover new music and discover new bands and new artists, there's so much great music out there. And it's really inspiring. And especially because I've been making the transition over into the sync world, which is the film and TV and advertising, it calls for all genres of music all the time. And so I have to study and learn and listen and get educated, you know. Um, so it's kind of forced me out of my my bubble and my my little box that I kind of always stayed in as a country writer mm-hmm. um, and so it's been really um, a great time for me to grow I think as a writer and try new things you know because I can so
1: that's awesome yeah I think it's so important for writers if you're trying to write commercially to to have a really broad um, sense of what's going on musically because like you're saying I find things all the time in pop music that I go, oh, that would be a cool melodic trick to do in a, in a country song or, you know, I hear a rhythm that I have never written before and I and I can bring that into what, whatever genre I'm writing. So I, I think, you know, and there's a tendency we all have to kind of listen just to the music we grew up on and kind of get in a, a rut of, you know, everything sounds, for me, it would be like James Taylor or something, you know. Uh, but I think, I think you're right, it's so important to dig into new music and hear what people are doing that's fresh and creative
2: and young music like like there's a lot of really great young artists um and and the talent is pretty amazing out there you know so um yeah i think it's it's really good and it's really healthy to kind of just explore what else is out there i know for me it's really inspired me
1: are there any particular artists that you can think of that you, that recently you've discovered that you really like
2: well not super recent, but like, I I love um, Phineas, who is Billie Eilish's brother who produced, you know, her Grammy award-winning uh, record. He's a genius a producer and writer, and he's what, like 22? But he's he's an incredible artist in his own right, but he's an amazing producer and, and songwriter. Um, and so young, so, so young. Um, I mean, they made that record in their bedroom. Yeah. You know? And it was the Grammy award winning, you know, record of the year. So people like that.
1: If you want to hear the whole interview unedited from Jennifer, you can, if you're a Songtown member, you can watch the whole video interview where she had a lot more to say. Someone in the audience that night asked her a question. Uh, They asked, uh, what tips would you give someone who's trying to write their first song? And I thought she had some good advice there. So I'm going to play that for you as well.
2: That's a great question. Um, I always think it's important to write what you know. So I would start with maybe something you're going through. Start with something that feels honest to you or something that you really, really, that really resonates with you. That's always a good place to start. I, I found that the songs that I've had the most success with were the songs that, I just had to write because it was what I was going through. It was what I was feeling. Um and I find that it's always easiest to write what you know, if that makes sense. Mm. So I think that's a good place to start.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's easier to write great truth than it is to write great fiction. You know, because it, if if you honestly feel it, you know that that's going to come across in the in the the song.
2: Yeah. You
1: know, i always also- you- say
2: too, that I always feel like it's kind of a prerequisite that anybody that's a songwriter must have your heart broke at some point before you can really write, write, a, 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 you know, especially a country song, you know. Um, but I joke about that because um, it's true, you know, it's um it's just easier to write from those places, at least for me, it is. I, I have found in, in my career that um, you know, I even now, even though I'm maybe not going through a heartbreak because I've been through one and I know what it feels like, then I can write. I can write from that place.
1: One of our slogans in Songtown is the best thing to happen to songwriters since the broken heart. <laughs> and that's exactly why. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and I think, too, one, one activity that we do sometimes when I teach at events is I'll have people write down five sentences they would really like to say to someone in their life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and it you know it's it could be things like you know why did you hurt me like that or, or you know i couldn't live without you whatever whatever but and then i have them brainstorm song ideas around those things and they find that they really come up with some things that feel authentic because it's it is something that they want to say to someone so right. they're they're just not trying to make up a song and so that's one place i recommend people start if right. you're trying to write your first song So Jennifer had a lot to say. She talked about how she set up her sync writing production team and how she pitches that um, separately from Jennifer Hansen as a writer. She talked about um, different kinds of songs that sync supervisors look for and that kind of thing and building up your catalog. But I'm not going to include all that here. Uh, If you're a Songtown member, you can watch all that in the the hour-long interview. But she did talk about, someone in the audience had the question do you feel like a publisher gives you creative space or takes away your creative space? And I thought she had some powerful things to say. So I'm going to share that clip with you. What advantages do you see for, for writers having a publishing deal? And have you found that most of your publishing deals gave you creative space or took away creative space?
2: Um, so the benefit of having a publishing deal is the opportunities that they afford you such as since I've been at peer, I've had all these amazing opportunities with sync that I would never have had. I've also had amazing opportunities to write with different artists that they've set me up with that I wouldn't have otherwise had. Um, With regard to creative space, I have found in, in my career that I've always been given plenty of creative space and felt very free to kind of do what I want to do. I think part of that was because initially, when I got signed, early, early on, I was signed as an artist writer with the intention that they would try to help me get a record deal. And I got one pretty quickly. Once I had my record deal, they could care less what I wrote as long as I was writing songs for Jennifer Hansen, the artist, because they were going to get cuts. So I had full creative freedom to write whatever I wanted to write. It just so happened that a lot of songs I wrote for myself eventually went on to get cut by other artists, and I started to have success as a writer.
1: So the moral of the story of what Jennifer's talking about is that a good publisher always opens up creative space for you. A bad publisher limits your creative space, you know. So most good publishers are going to open up opportunities for you and are going to give you things you could not get on your own. A common misperception among aspiring songwriters is that you, you should never give up your publishing. And what you have to do is you have to weigh w- what you're getting in exchange. So if you're getting opportunities to write with big artists, if you're getting opportunities to get target commercials and you know, other big placements for your songs, then absolutely it's worth uh, partnering with a publisher to do those things. In our last segment with Jennifer, she's going to talk about what it's like to be a woman. In the music business and kind of how she's navigated that world to give herself uh, a better chance and to succeed on an equal level uh, with men so i think you'll enjoy this last little piece and i'll be back after that
2: well i have to say that overall in my career i have felt very fortunate that um you know i've had a lot of incredible mentors that have been men that have that have Helped and supported me through my career. Um, I, I I think the one area where I've had to really feel like I've had to prove myself is as a producer because it's just not traditionally there's not a lot of female producers and that's one space where for the longest time I didn't even call myself a producer even though that's exactly what I was doing. You know, I produ- I co-produced my my records for Capital. Um, I co-produced my records for Universal South. I've you know, always done my own demos, um, but I never, I, I didn't proudly wear that hat because maybe because I just, I don't know. I didn't, didn't feel maybe worthy of it. I'm not sure, but now I do. And because I am a producer and I'm in that studio working just as hard, all the, you know, 24 seven. I think that's probably the one area where I have found it to be a little bit challenging. And um, I do think now there's been a lot more opportunity for women and those doors have opened and there's been more support for women producers and so forth Um, and that's been a great thing. But overall in my career, I do feel that I've I've been pretty fortunate That I haven't felt like, um, I don't know, that I've lost something because I was a woman versus a man. I mean, it's difficult uh, being a female country writer in a predominantly male format is challenging. That's challenging because if you look at the country charts, what like 90% are male. So, as a female writer, um, it's a little bit more difficult to get on those records. And so, I have to be a little bit more thoughtful and a little bit more strategic about making sure I'm writing male songs, you know, try, so that I can give myself an opportunity to get on those projects. That's, that's definitely a challenge, you know, mm-hmm. just because there's not a lot of female artists out there. I think it's starting to break open a little bit. Um, but that's been a problem in Nashville for a really long time, really long time.
1: Do you feel like you've had to work maybe harder than a, a, a man with your same skill set to be taken seriously at times?
2: Probably. I mean, if I'm being honest, yeah. And that there's still times I'm sure people don't... There's times, especially when it comes to like, you know, lona stuff where... They don't really see me as producer. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick does. Nick values me. knows exactly what I do, and always makes sure that that I get credit for what I do. But um, I think unless you're in the studio with us and watching what we're doing, then nobody knows, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I, I mean, that's that's probably a fair statement.
1: What advice would you give to female songwriters or artists as far as how to be taken seriously and how and how to gain respect
2: i mean i think you just have to demand respect and and you know it starts with respecting yourself first of all um but I think as far as being taken seriously, I think the work speaks for itself. I think that's where, that's where it's like, it's kind of black or white, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, it just is or it isn't. And so, um, I would recommend just honing your skills.
1: So Jennifer's recommendations to women trying to get into the music business is respect yourself, demand respect and hone your skills. I thought those were really valuable things that she talked about. All right, we're going to introduce a new segment today called Ask Marty and Clay. On our Songtown website, we have a forum where you have uh, basically access to us and what we've learned in a combined 50-something years of the music business, so all Songtown members can ask questions, and so we're going to start featuring some of those questions that we think are very common questions. And so today, Clay is going to um, introduce one of those segments, Ask Marty and Clay. And I think you'll find it very useful what he has to say.
0: So today's question from the Ask Marty and Clay Songtown Forum is a common one. Our member asks, what happens when my co-writer signs a publishing deal on a song we co-wrote together? How does that affect me? So let's say you and John Smith have written your latest, greatest called Your Love Touches Me. Your love touches me, your love touches me. So let's say your co-writer John Smith brings it to a publisher, and the publisher loves it and wants to sign it to a song contract. Your question is, do I have to sign that same contract my co-writer signs? To better answer that, let's take a look at how song shares are broken down. The moment you guys co-wrote that song, you own 50% of the writer's share and he owns 50% of the writer's share. Two separate halves of the same pie. On top of that, the moment you write the song, you own the publishing to your half and your co-writer owns their publishing to their half. Now that breaks the pie down to four equal slices. writer share, writer share, publisher share, publisher share. You own the publishing share on your half of the pie, and John owns the publishing on his half. So when John signs his publishing deal, does that publisher also own your portion of the publishing? Well, I've got some good news. No way does that publisher own any portion of your side of the pie. You are free and clear to make your own deals for your own publishing. And better yet, say that song becomes a hit and you own your publishing. You're going to make twice as much. Or you can choose to use your publishing as leverage to help you land your own writing deal down the road. Hope that clears it up for you. Let's kick it back to Marty.
1: That's our episode for this week. Thanks for being here with us. And I hope you've learned a lot from Jennifer and also from clay's discussion on that you know it can be really confusing uh especially when some publishers may pressure you to get all your co-writers to sign over their publishing to them as well but that's something you don't have to do and we always recommend that you find an entertainment attorney anytime uh, you're in that situation if you're being offered a contract or pressure to sign something you need to get an attorney to check that out before you put your name on the paper Thanks for listening. I hope you'll follow us on iTunes or Spotify or iHeart or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, We appreciate you being here. We'd love it if you would give us a good rating. And we'll see you next week.